everybody, Nick Espinosa, your chief security fanatic here. And today is the day before the 2022 midterm elections here in the United States. And I'm actually here in the Capitol uh, in Washington, D.C. here of the country for basically a speaking gig and also some cybersecurity consulting. And I'll let you figure out why on that one. But I want to talk about my predictions for uh, essentially what's going to happen tomorrow in the 2022 election. But first, let's talk about some ground rules. First things first. This video is not political. Uh, basically, I use sources that are public. If I reference, uh, you know, hey, a politician said this or that, literally, you can go watch the video or audio of that, not to mention uh, what I'm talking about here is essentially been reported on before when I'm basically giving you facts that that further my actual prediction. And so by virtue of that, we're only going to deal with the facts as we know them. Any of my speculation will I will try and note it as best I can. But I think it's rather obvious. I say, hey, this is, you know, basically what the news is reporting or what this person actually said. And so I think this so I think it's gonna be pretty obvious when I'm speculating and when I am not, I'm always happy to share my sources and all of that. And like I said, any of this is pretty much available online, obviously, except for my predictions. Now, on top of that, I think it's important to understand that perception is not always reality. Humans have this tendency to surround themselves with like-minded people. So when something happens that they all disagree with, they still think it actually happened. Now, in this election cycle, we've seen a rash of public officials or those that are running for some type of office that have said that they cannot conceive of their side or their election losing because they don't know anybody on the other side. That is exactly my point here. Understand that acceptance of results, basically of especially results that you don't like, is of paramount importance to any functioning democracy. I've had plenty of people basically that I have voted for over the years that have lost or have won, and that's okay. If my candidate loses, I get another shot in two to four years to elect who I think would best run my district or the government or whatever it is. And so with that, let's get going. But first, we're going to discuss the backdrop of the 2020 election. And I think this is basically what we are walking into on Tuesday, November 8th. This is the framework essentially for that. So one of those things that I do on a regular basis is track extremism. It's part of my day job. I, I look at extremism of all types online. There has been an explosion of extremism in the last few years that has basically become more public and more prominent in societal consciousness. By virtue of that, the net result has been the muddying of waters of basically both logic and the legal framework that governs the United States. So by virtue of that, we have a rash of candidates that have publicly stated that the only way they could lose an election is if it is rigged. Thus, the meta message is basically, well, the system is rigged, except if I win. The system was fine all along if uh, if I do win. You know, so so that's essentially what we are talking about here. And anybody else have a problem with that? That's not how this works in a free and fair and open election. I understand that, that there is a chunk of people out there that believe that we didn't have any free and fair and open election in 2020, but the framework uh, that we have, the checks that we have against the election system, we have to make sure that, that we are basically having candidates out there that simply say, well, yeah, I will accept the results, you know, whatever they are. This does not exclude legal challenges. If you're like within 1% of a vote margin from your competitor, absolutely have a recount and all of that. But, but to basically dig your heels in and say, under no circumstances can I lose is a problem in a free and open society as well. Now, on top of this, the United States has seen almost 1,000 serious death threats against election officials 
since the 2020 election. Roughly one third of those has, have also been have also quit and retired, but they've also been replaced by partisans, those that are much further to one side of the political uh, spectrum, AKA moving towards extremism, if not extreme. And that obviously is a huge problem because these people have the ability to potentially invalidate votes for reasons that they, they see fit or whatever, including votes for candidates that they that they don't like, all these kinds of things. I'll talk about that in a, in a prediction uh, you know, sooner than later. But you, again, you can go look and read articles on this. All of this is, has been reported in the news as well. I'm not making any of this up. Please, please go ahead and, and fact check me on this, uh, you know, with legitimate sources. I don't really want to hear about, you know, Russia's whatever page news source or whatever. Please get legitimate sources. And then we all have to be out of the same playbook. Now, on top of that, we have seen an army of partisans that have been trained to be poll watchers, quote unquote, poll watchers. We have already seen basically in Arizona, people dressed up in military style gear, like camo, all that kind of stuff. They're wearing balaclavas to cover their faces. They're using or slinging uh, military uh, style rifles, such as AR-15s. And they're basically hanging out by ballot uh, boxes, intimidating voters, taking pictures of and video of people in their, uh, basically, uh, uh, pictures of people going to the ballot boxes, taking pictures and videos of them doing that, as well as their vehicles. And now some of them are even defying a court order because basically people started suing. The court said, oh, you have to be 250 feet back. We are still seeing some defy. You can literally watch videos of police out there measuring uh, basically the distance that these people have to stay. So this is part of the backdrop that we're going to see. Now, on top of this, we're also seeing a rise of things in like anti-Semitism, uh, white ethno-nationalism, Christian extremism, and other types of uh, you know, extremist groups as well. We basically uh, were tracking one here that was literally threatening, threatening violence against Jews, N-words, S-words for the Latino population, and a whole bunch of other just, you know, horrific words and threats. But you get my point here. And for the record, I would hope, I would really, really hope that we all understand that this is a vast minority of the population. To be a conservative or to be a liberal or somewhere in between is not to be one of those people. I have plenty of friends that are Republicans and Democrats and everything in between, and they are the nicest people that you would meet, even though they disagree politically. That is not what I'm talking about here. Extremists are in small numbers comparatively to the rest of us, but they are armed, they are angry, and they are motivated, and that is a huge problem. But that is the backdrop that we are walking into tomorrow, and this is a huge problem. And so with that, let's start with the physical and human issues that basically we are going to see in terms of security, understand that humans can cause security issues, whether we forget to do things and it lets attackers in or, or we ramp up people that then cause a riot, whatever that is, we have to understand physical security and human issues. So these are my predictions basically based off of, you know, everything that I have read and I have talked about this part. So my first prediction here, and then I actually think many of the precincts uh, around the nation are going to be okay. I really do, especially those that are in uncontested areas. If your district is very heavily Republican or Democrat, you know that the Republican and the Democrat is going to win. It'd be very hard to unseat those incumbents. And so there you go. I think you're going to be fine. People are going to understand it. Now, if I'm in like a plus 20 Republican district and a Democrat wins or vice versa, then obviously that's an issue. But I think we're not really going to see that. I think that will honestly be okay. Now, ones to watch, I think, are going to be Arizona, Nevada, Georgia, and Pennsylvania, a couple of other states, but those are the big four right now. These are gearing up hands down 
to be the most contentious. So let's start with Arizona. I'm not going to go through all four, but I'm going to do Arizona and Nevada. So Arizona right now has a candidate for governor. Um, her name is Carrie Lake, and she's already stated that the only results that she will accept on election day is a win for her. You can literally go see her in an interview when asked, will you accept the results of the election? During her primary, and you can see video of this as well, she was losing early on in that primary, on the primary day, and basically she started saying, well, there's voting irregularities, the vote has been rigged and all of that, and then she won, and then those basically got dropped. And so if she loses, basically uh, the competition tomorrow, it's going to get very contentious very quickly, especially since Arizona, as I just mentioned, is the state where all those armed, uh, you know, basically armed poll watchers are intimidating people already. This is going to be ground zero, I think, or one of the ground zeros for uh, basically a lot of violence. And I'll get to that soon. Now in Nevada, they have a candidate for secretary of state. And, uh, his name is Jim Marchant. If he wins, He's promised to decertify Nevada's 2020 election count, which went for uh, then-challenger Joe Biden. And basically, he will also refuse to concede his election. And he will basically, he's already said, and again, you can see this in interviews, that it's rigged if he loses. He's also the one that said, well, I don't know anybody that's, you know, on the other side of the aisle. So clearly, you know, we have to win. Again, perception is not always reality. So those are going to be two big ones. Uh, to watch, including Nye County in Nevada right now, where they uh, have basically somebody very partisan running that. So we're going to see what happens there. I think it's going to be an interesting time. Again, this is not political whatsoever. Again, you can look up all of this information, but this is what I think is going to is happening. Uh, you know, we're going to see a lot of contentious debates because I think voters, like I said, are going to face intimidation, not just in Arizona, but all over by these quote unquote poll watchers. Now, a group associated with political operative Steve Bannon calling themselves Clean Election USA. Again, you can Google this have thousands of volunteers being trained to quote unquote watch precincts and polls and if they think something is irregular to call 911 on absolutely anything and so that obviously is a huge thing so if you're wearing a shirt for the wrong candidate uh, for clean elections they'll call 911 i this is literally what they are training their people to do you can read article after article on this and so that's obviously a huge problem but the effect of this is basically going to be tying up first responders as the police could be overwhelmed responding to non-emergencies. 911 is for emergencies. Oh my God, I'm being robbed. The house is on fire, whatever it is. We have election officials at each precinct that should be alerted of irregularities. But this, I think, is designed to, to basically jam up uh, election officials, jam up first responders and all of that, You know, which I think leads to my next point, which is I think we're going to see essentially arguments, um, you know, and, and physical altercations on Tuesday. But I think it's going to be much worse in the aftermath as the votes start coming in well after, you know, 7 p.m., whatever time you're in or so, which is usually when the polls close, whatever your time zone is, and they get counted through the night. And so Wednesday and on, I think we are going to see some huge, huge issues, which, again, leads to my next prediction as well which is an issue with something that's known as the red mirage. You can go read about this. Uh, this has been a phenomenon for years, but this is essentially how it breaks down. And I think this is going to amp things up, you know, and, and it has really, uh, it's going to amp things up to 11. And what it has to do is with early voting. So here's what this is typically is. Statistically speaking, Democrats have been early voting and mail-in voting uh, in much higher numbers than Republicans, even before the pandemic, although the pandemic uh, really amped that up. And so Democrats vote ahead of time in greater numbers than Republicans 
typically. Statistically, that's usually what happens. So when election day has rolled around, the Republicans show up more in person and they vote in person. And so when the votes start getting counted at the closing of the polls, Republican candidates tend to be ahead because they basically count the in-person stuff first, the uh, in-person votes first, and so Republican has a lead. But as soon as they start, you know, uh, basically counting the the absentee votes, the mail-in votes, the early votes, and all of that, basically the Democrat candidates tend to catch up. So they may actually win, assuming they get more votes. So it looks like the Republicans going to win, and then the Democrat moves forward if the Democrat gets more votes. That phenomenon was seen in the 2020 election, where President Trump, then President Trump, I should say, was ahead in some places, and then the challenger, Joe Biden, now President Biden, started to pull ahead. It's why President then President Trump went live in the middle of the night just after the election to say that he won and he declared uh, essentially victory and that you know the election was rigged because now they're counting votes that are fake. All all this kind of stuff. This, for the record, is not a political statement. I am, I am basically, I am not making a political statement here. That is simply what happened. You can go and watch that video for yourself to see exactly what his words are that I am paraphrasing. Again, I am not being political here. I am just calling balls and strikes. So the mad mirage, if that happens and a Democrat pulls ahead of a Republican, it's going to set off a wave of potentially you know, violent protests, counter protests, all that kind of stuff, because we already saw that issue happen in the 2020 election as a result of the quote unquote red mirage. And go ahead and set your Google uh, searches to before the 2020 election and look up red mirage. You'll see this has been around for quite some time. It's just simply how the voting tabulations work and who votes early and who not, but I and who doesn't. But I think it's really going to add up to something more graphic and unfortunately violent in this time. Now, on top of that, in the days following the election, when the counting is still going on in some places, but also when elections have been called in some places where the extremists disagree with the result, I think we are going to see threats and violence uh, basically against election officials, politicians, and others. And I think that's going to be ramped up to the end. Protests will be met, met with counter protests. Some of them are going to devolve in violence. Again, there are a lot of people out there that are showing up to these things now armed. That is not a good thing. Uh, you know, we saw that, you know, uh, and we've seen shootings at protests before, you know, in the last couple of years, not just on politics, uh, you know, but Kyle Rittenhouse, for example, you know, would be one of those things as well. This is what I'm talking about. And, you know, and my fear is that this is going to be amped up to 11th. Now, on top of that, I have a prediction here that some local uh, election officials um, are, are basically going to be extremists who may attempt to or, or actually try to invalidate an election that they don't like. You know, they can declare another candidate the winner or they'll try to invalidate votes or whatever it is. In that, I think we're also going to see protests, violence, but also now directed at judges, uh, you know, and other legal uh, part of the judicial branch that, that are basically enforcing the law. So a judge may say like, oh, my God, you, you can't just throw out 10,000 votes you don't like for no reason. These votes are proper, et cetera, et cetera. And now we're going to see protests because there will be misinformation or disinformation online that says, you know, oh, my God, well, this is, you know, the judge is just giving it to one side or the other. These are things that that I'm, I'm very concerned about as well. Again, my predictions, my speculation based off of the evidence that we've seen previously and obviously what's been reported on as well. Now, on top of that, I predict at least a few election officials are going to have, unfortunately, assassination attempts against them. Some may be successful. These attempts are going to be spun as conspiracy theories or not political violence, similar to how we just saw Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul Pelosi's recent hammer attack, uh, basically 
uh, basically be spun into a whole bunch of conspiracy theories. The FBI even re released the Mirandai's interview with the suspect, David DeCap, and it didn't debunk, or rather it did debunk, but it, uh, these conspiracy theories live on, that it was Pelosi's gay lover, or, you know, look at the position of the glass, of how the glass was shattered when it was hit with a hammer, it looked like it was inside out, not really understanding the objects of force is one thing impacts another, but, but here we are. This is obviously going to be another huge thing. Now, on top of this, I think we may also see theft of voting machines, the actual physical theft of voting machines or possibly the servers or ballot boxes, basically under the guise of protection, protecting the election or proving that the election was fake. I think physical security is beyond important in any election, not to mention to make sure they're not tampered with uh, electronically as well. I'm also for getting off of computerized voting machines uh, for the record. And I think anybody in cybersecurity is pretty much with me. And so with that, as we're going on, I think that um, what we now have to switch to is the cybersecurity prediction, because that's the physical side, uh, you know, the human side of things. But I think this is what we're going to see on the cybersecurity side. So first things first, just as we saw somebody make an illegal copy of a voting machine in 2020 and then put it online, I think we're going to see more of this as people attempt to make claims that these machines are rigged. I literally uh, saw a image or a copy of a Dominion voting machine uh, go live at Mike Lindell, aka the My Pillow Guys uh, Cyber Symposium. And that basically, quote unquote, dissection was starting. I think they got five, 10 minutes in before they pulled the plug for legal reasons. Um, but essentially, that was run by Ron Watkins. If you don't know who Ron Watkins is, many believe that he, who is the founder and not founder, but owner of 8kun currently, um, is actually Q of QAnon fame. So that was kind of nuts. And I sat through that. I wrote a whole article about that. I did not see any evidence. Zero evidence presented at my symposium, my my the cyber the cyber symposium for my pillow guy. You can literally go read the article I wrote for that um, on uh, on Spurkanish.com. Now, on top of this, you know, basically by governance law, no voting machines are allowed online. They are not allowed online, uh, especially on voting day. This will not stop people from saying that all voting line that all voting machines were connected to the internet this is going to be rampant in the aftermath allegations i predict allegations of uh, basically, oh, well, all these voting machines were online, and so China manipulated this, or Italian satellites, or, you know, whatever it is, I think we're going to see that kind of stuff as well. We're also going to see cyber attacks launched against election infrastructure, as well as other infrastructure as well, but that's par for the course. Basically, I think what we're going to see is this done primarily by Russian cutouts who have been scouting vulnerabilities online ahead of time? Everything from denial of service attacks to DNS hijackings to finding their way around other vulnerabilities are going to be attempted. I think we are basically going to have our hands full, uh, meaning CISA, DHS, FBI, uh, ISACs, all this kind of stuff. We are going to see a whole bunch of this. It is going to be a busy time for cybersecurity professionals involved in this situation, uh, you know, for let's say the next 90 days or so, as we are basically going to go through what I think is an unstable election. Now, on top of this, the disinformation to that point is going to be through the roof. It is absolutely going to be through the roof. There will be deliberate attempts to try and get the U.S. population to believe that every single election had fraud in it, uh, you know, in terms of voting tabulations, manipulated computers, ballot mules, and on and on and on and on. There are going to be theories out there, and they are going to explode thanks to basically uh, those that will share all of this stuff um, and, and, and the other side of that coin is the population that has now been primed, literally primed for years, to believe it as soon as they see it. The total confirmation bias, if it sounds accurate to me, it is absolutely right without fact checking. And again, perception does not always equal reality. This is a huge problem we're going to see. 
this is going to be one of those big things that's going to continue to drive a wedge. And quite frankly, we have to place a lot of the blame on the social media platforms of on, uh, basically of the time right now, Facebook, Twitter, et cetera. This is going to be exploding all over Facebook. You're not going to be able to escape it. Um, Facebook has already fired most of their election staff well before the election. They had 300 people looking at the election stuff here in the United States and around the world, which is a drop in the bucket to begin with. Now it's less than 60. They've spun down tools, <clears throat> excuse me, that researchers could use for this kind of stuff. This is going to be a mess. We are not going to be able to escape literal disinformation and those people that believe it in their bones that it's absolutely true. That is going to be a huge, huge problem. We just do not have healthy skepticism in this country at this point. It's confirmation by a skepticism, which is awful. And so with that, those are my predictions for the 2022 election. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I know I'm going to get hate mail on this video and this podcast as well, but, but I think this was an important one to have. And so please feel free to tell me I'm a moron, but I'd also love to hear your predictions as well. And so here are my, here are my parting thoughts on this whole thing. One, I'm sure I'm thinking, I'm not thinking of things that are going to happen as well. There could be other things that happen and I'm just not seeing it or I'm just not predicting it right now. And so I leave myself open to interpretation. Of course, I think we all really, really hope that I am wrong here. I, I think that is, a, you know, that is my core, my core hope here. I really hope that tomorrow will be smooth and the issues that we've had will go away and it will be a smooth and peaceful transition. But honestly, I just don't believe it given all available evidence that I've seen. I think that the probability of that is incredibly low and I really hate to see this. And of course, anybody's saying anybody sane is hoping for a peaceful transition of power, which is a cornerstone of my democracy, you know, or I should say of our democracy, not my democracy, my democracy, of course, too. But this is what we're talking about here, understanding that, that you know, we have the ability to be wrong, but we have the ability at another shot. There's a concept uh, that was basically um, put forward in a book called How Democracies Die by authors Levitsky and Ziblatt that essentially said, we have two things that are really going for us here in the United States. The first one is mutual mutual toleration, which is the understanding that everybody gets a shot at the at, at, you know, at, at the election, everybody gets a shot at leading. And, you know, if I disagree with who gets in, I have a chance in two to four years to vote that person out and vice versa. We become the loyal opposition. Once we basically have a win at all costs, I cannot lose no matter what mentality. It really undermines and frays what a democracy is. The other one is forbearance, you know, meaning uh, that essentially we understand that we're going to play by the rules, whether they're written or unwritten. And as we break unwritten rules, we start to break down the concept of mutual toleration as well. And they wrote a whole lot more, but I think it, it, those two really resonated with me, especially when I'm looking at an election day. And of course, my colleagues here in Washington, D.C., where I'm sitting right now at Homeland Security, CISA, FBI, and on and on. I know you guys are working overtime. I know you're prepping for this. I think everybody in the cybersecurity and physical security community wishes you nothing but the best. It's going to be a contentious election. We are going to be here, uh, you know, doing our own parts as we consult with campaigns or local elections or whatever it is to get you the best uh, intelligence that we can through ISACs and, and everything else. So make sure, make sure, make sure that you're you're buying your local cybersecurity official of beer in any which way, shape, or form. And you know, honestly. 
best of luck to us all. No matter what you believe politically, we all seriously need to chill out. We need to see what happens here. You know, we need to respect our our, our fellow man. There has been talk uh, by some segments of the population, uh, you know, on both sides of civil war being inevitable. The last thing I want, you know, is, is a civil war. This isn't like the original civil war that we had where, you know, some states on one side, one state on the other. You know, we all live next to liberals and conservatives or, you know, and everybody in between. And the last thing we need is to start shooting each other, you know, in the streets over over political beliefs. You know, nobody, nobody, uh, you know, and, and any politician should be looked at as any kind of God or absolute or anything like that. And I think that's one of those things that we really need to understand in society. And so thank you for watching this. Like I said, I know I'm going to get hate mail on this. Uh, you know, um, Nick, you're an idiot. Just tell me why. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm happy to share sources, but anything that I've basically said outside of my own predictions, uh, the, the evidence I've used to reinforce my predictions Everything is Googleable, as I was mentioning through the whole thing. So go do your homework on this. Go do your legitimate homework. Go use sources, uh, you know, that are important. And if you want a really good balance uh, for these kinds of things, there's a website out there called Ground News that basically says, okay, here's here's a topic. Here's articles written on the right side of the spectrum. Here's articles written on the left side of the spectrum. Here's articles on the center side of the spectrum. Go ahead and go through that. Take a look, see what both sides are saying, make a good, honest conclusion, even if you don't like the conclusion, but it's logical. That's one of those things we've got to do every day if we're just adults and humans. So there you go. Those are my predictions. Uh, tell me where I'm right. Tell me where I'm wrong. Tell me your predictions. I'd love to hear from you on this one. This is a big one. And hopefully everybody is going to be, like I said, safe and have a good election day. But, you know, we're bracing for impact. And that is your news of the day. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP. And please subscribe to me at YouTube as well. And as always, stay safe, stay online. Please attempt to stay private. And just please, please, let's have a peaceful transition of power. Thanks, everyone.